Yo, what's happening, people? It's your boy, Michael, and welcome to another episode of the Juego Bonito. And this is our weekly UCL slash Europa League European football catch-up. I got a guest with me today, a fellow writer, a good friend of mine on Twitter, uh, Rafael. What you saying, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to get into this episode, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So, UCL this week, uh, no better place to start off than the club that we support, Man United. The game I like to call the mid-off of the ages because that's what it was. Mid-off slash think-off. Atletico Madrid versus United. Um, So, what were your thoughts on the lineup? Because that lineup baffled everyone. Yeah, so the lineup was... The lineup was a bit... It was it was, it was, weird, it was weird to take in at first. Obviously, Lindelof playing right back was not... and I don't think anyone would have expected that. Um, yeah, um, it, it, it was a weird selection at first, but I could understand why Ragnik went with that kind of um, four slash three at the back, um, especially um, defensively. But um, as we've seen at the start of the game, it just did not help us at all on the ball. Like, on the ball, you could see not having a natural right back there um, was kind of stopping that progression from the back. Uh, yeah. I'm similar to you. When I saw Lindelof's name, I'm like, oh, three at the back, but then I expected Dalot to be there, like, as a wing back. Mm-hmm. But obviously, that didn't happen. I saw a couple people put lineups, like, maybe Lindelof would slide in to, like, create a three back in possession, yeah. but we never got control of the game right away, so that was mm-hmm. uh, rough to see. Um, So, the first goal, they scored it pretty quickly. I think they scored it within the first 10 minutes because United came out the gate looking very horrible. I guess the occasion got to them. Um, so what are your thoughts on the goal that Joao Felix scored? It was a brilliant goal, to be honest. Um, I think it was Lodi who put the ball in. It was a great cost from Lodi. And obviously, Joao Felix got the run on Maguire. And I feel, I feel with Maguire especially, he's so flat-footed that um, when someone gets a run on him, it's, 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 it's hard, probably impossible for him to get back. And I think that's what um, aided in... Um, Felix um, getting meeting ahead of him because I feel like if someone like Varane was there, someone a little bit um, a little bit quick off his feet would have probably been able to uh, put Jao Felix up a little bit. But it was a brilliant header off the post as well, so it was a really nice header. Yeah, I agree. What are your thoughts on Jao Felix, by the way? Because you know, Jao on this Felix podcast, a baller, man. Thank, you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I think, you. I think, ev- I think everyone, I think all the footballing community in university say that Jao Felix. Is someone we need to see in like a pep or a club system, just just shining, man. I genuinely think he's up there with Kylian Mbappe and Haaland, man. He's so so good, technically just elite. And in a in a in a in a generation, in a generation where we're seeing so many talented young players like Pedri and Gabi come through, and all these and all these all these players who can who can play with their feet, I think Felix is right up there. I agree, I agree, yeah. Cause my, my other co-hosts on this pod aren't a big fan of draw Felix. They call him overrated, so I'm the one that's leading his brigade. So I need, I need to have more people trying to help me on this. Uh, now I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. All right. So, yeah, uh, that, just that first half, um, I'm not going to summarize the whole game. I'm just going to go into certain players. Um, we'll start off with, in the midfield, Pogba and Bruno. Uh, for me, Pogba, I don't know if you agree, like, he didn't seem, like, he's a physical midfielder. But in this game, he went up against someone just as physical as him and Jeffrey Kondogbia, and Pogba was not up for it. He was I saw Kondogbia doing skills I've never seen him do before. This guy was – he was up for the game. So what are your thoughts on, like, the midfield battle specifically? I feel like in the midfield, we were just – we were just slow-paced, man. Um, we were just, like I – feel, I felt with Fred, I felt with Fred especially, Fred would get on the ball, give it away, 
then go get it back. And he's almost pulling out his own fires. With Pogba, I felt like you just said there, I agree, Jeffrey Kanongbi, as someone who's as physical, someone who actually knows Paul from a young age as well. So he knows how he played. I think Kanongbi was able to get the better of Pogba for, for a large majority of that game. And Bruno did not help with the ball retention as well, as he never does to... Um, he never does, does he? Um, I feel like... I feel in that game... I'm, I don't want to say it, but I do genuinely think Missy McTominay was, was, was... His physicality and his, his ability to just get around the pitch and make himself known was a big miss for United. I feel like in that first half especially, United were bullied. Yeah. Uh, would you have started Matic in that game? Because that was a lot. That was a big. Nah, uh, dip- nah, no, I think, I think, I think with Nemanja Matic, he can, con- as we've seen when he came on, um, he can control a game. He can get his foot on the ball. But when the game's a bit more, what can you do off it? How can you get? How can you get around it? I think with Nemanja Matic at, at the age he is, he he just struggles with it. Uh, I hear, I hear on that. Um, over to the other side with Atletico. We talk about draw Felix. Um. There are other big players in that first half with Lodi. I thought he was really good in the first half. He was targeting Lindelof because he, I guess, Simeone recognized that weakness that Lindelof is in a right back. So they were continuously attacking that down that left hand side, uh, right hand side. Um. So what are your thoughts on uh, Lodi specifically? Um, Lodi's good, man. Lodi's a good player. I like him for Letty as well. He's, he's he really gets up and out. He's playing almost like a wing back role. I think with Ronaldo playing almost like. Um, him, Ronaldo playing almost as like a lesson of like allowed him to get a lot more further and tag it in off as he stared. And obviously, he put in a really good ball. And you can, with, with Lodi, man, like I, like the Brazilians that are scattered around Europe, not many of them you would say are Brazilians. And especially from fullback, Lodi's one of them guys that you can, you can see the Brazilian in him. They're up and down, they're, they're, the ability to get past his man and, and, and cross it. Uh, and yeah, Lodi, Lodi was decent. I was also impressed with, um, I was impressed about how him and Felix linked up um, in getting past, in, in getting past enough, and also how they were able to not target Sancho's Sancho, but almost kind of push Sancho back. You were seeing Sancho or Rashford, whoever was on that side, get pushed back and not being able to to get Lodi the other way, but the other way around. Uh, yeah. Moving over to our defense from the move from the right hand side more to the left hand side. Luke Shaw, I thought he was terrible in this game. I thought he, what's it called? He he didn't have the intensity that you would want from your fullback. So, what are your thoughts on Luke Shaw in this game? I like Luke Shaw, man. Luke Shaw is a player I I really like. I like. One thing I like about Luke Shaw is when he's on the ball, he's able to just progress it. He's able to just um just come inside and just and just get on it. Um, but in this game, he couldn't do it, and you could see. A bit like Klinloff, they were targeting like the wide overloads were clear as clear as day, man. Luke Shaw again targeted, uh, and I feel like with Luke Shaw, one thing he struggles with is his defensive awareness and his position, his positional play. And when you're out of position for for a player like him, and then to to expect him to get back, it's just it's just never gonna happen. And then when he's out of position, it leads to players getting dragged out like Van, like Maguire. And you've seen it several occasions that Correa was was getting the better of him when he pulled out to the wide. All right. I'll save the goalkeeper talk for later because we have both goalkeepers to talk about because I think they're the same exact goalkeeper, so the we'll talk about them in a little. But moving over to our forward line, um, we'll start off with Marcus Rashford. That was probably the most – I wrote. I just wrote an article about him that's going to come out later today. That, that was the most frustrating camp performance I've ever seen from someone. I don't know if you remember that 40-yard shot that he took where he just like – 
right away you could tell you could tell from his face he was ready to shoot it because like he angled yeah. for the shot. So what are your thoughts on Rashford performance? I feel with Rashford, man. With Rashford, when when Rashford is like when Rashford, when you can you can see when Rashford is like physically annoyed about how he's playing, he'll do two things. Like he'll get the ball and try and not make someone. You know, he'll try like pl- like try an elastic or something like that. Or he'll get on the ball, get into some space and just whack a shot. And I feel like you could see that in that game, especially in the second half, he would just pull out, get on the ball, come inside and, and just and just hit a shot that wasn't on. And in that game, obviously I feel like long term Rashford is a left a left winger on the on the left side, more of an inside um, forward. Um so him playing as a right is, is interesting how he has been playing as a right on the Ragnick. But he's not gonna di- he's not gonna displace Sancho who's on the left, who we'll get onto later. Um but on the right, you can see Rashford's almost he's knocking ball, he's knuckleballing crosses, he's 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 doing things that he he knows himself that he can't do. And when you're doing that as a player, you're just going to underperform. And with Rashford right now is that it's not helping him keep playing on that side, keep doing the things he's know he's not good or, good enough at. And it really isn't helping United at all. Uh, yeah, I'm actually on the opposite. I think he, I think he can be a right winger. He just has to adapt his game and like actually want to become a right winger. That's, That's the thing true. with him. You know what? Yeah, I will say one thing. I will say one thing. He's not. I'm not. I'm not gonna say he can't be a right winger, but I do think coaching is a big part of why Rashford yeah. is the way he is. I feel mm-hmm. like Rashford has not been coached or refined at all, at all. And you can see that with a few of the players that are our team that. If they were coached by a, an elite coach, or if they were coached by a, t- a coach who knows how to develop players, I feel Rashford would look a lot more proficient than he actually does. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, his last coach was LVG, realistically, and that was his first year. And LVG had him as a striker, so he's never been really coached to play as a winger. Um, moving on to our striker, who actually I'm not going to rant about him because he wasn't as bad in that game as he was today. No. But Cristiano Ronaldo, um, he could tell by his face he was frustrated because he wasn't getting any service. So, what are your thoughts on uh, Mr. CR37? Ronaldo, man, he, to be fair, in that game, like he was doing, he was doing things I didn't think like he could still do. Like he was the little, the little flick-ons, the little passes, the dropping into space and intelligently like laying it off and then moving into the open space. So he, you could see at the start of that game. He want he knew what it was about, and he wanted to show them Emelie fans that he's not past it. But as the game goes on, as we've seen in recent weeks, he starts to fade away. He starts to the game starts to that to eat at him, and he's and he's not able to get on the ball. And then he starts doing the step, starts getting on the ball, and starts taking a few extra touches that that the the defenders are just reading and then cutting away. And in that game especially, I feel I feel he was I feel he was a victim of the service. The fact that there was very little service to him, but we could see in that game that he, he was he wasn't a, he wasn't doing he wasn't doing what you need a striker to do in a game where you are being pressed back, where you are where you do need your striker to just get on the ball and let you breathe, and he just wasn't doing that. I agree, I agree. Yeah, for me, I think he knows what he wants to do, but his body won't react to it because exactly, obviously exactly. he's old. He has that uh, tendonitis in his knee, which has been eating at him, and it finally looks like it's finally caught up for real. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, moving on to our other forward, Jaden Sancho. With him, I couldn't really make up with a performance because 
Roth kind of had him playing a little deeper than usual because he had Rashford on the other hand, and Rashford likes to attack more and doesn't track back. So Sancho was the winger that was given the task to be a little more deeper. So mm-hmm. obviously he didn't get his touches. So what are your thoughts on uh, Sancho? I think I think Sancho was 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 just like he was a victim of how he played, man. I feel with Jane and Sancho. I said this when Jane and Sancho come in. Jane Sancho is not going to be a guy who thrives in these individual situations. He's a team player. He's a very much if a team is in a in a in a system and it's working as a system, you're gonna see the best of Jane and Sancho. And I think that's kind of why we've seen the best of Jane and Sancho, because we have been playing as more of a team. Especially in the games that we've kind of been coming out of and going, we were actually the better team. Sancho was one of the best, if not the best player on that pitch. Mm-hmm. And I think in a game like this today, where it was very much um, every time the forward got it, every time an attacker got it, it was like you did, there's there's no there's no there's no one twos or there's no there's no there's no player going, Okay, give it to me, Sancho, I'll give it back to you. It's almost like when you get it, do your thing and, and, and move. And I think with Jaden Sancho there was times where he was picking up the ball and he was almost looking up and going, okay, who's to pass it next? And you're seeing Pogba back there and you're seeing Bruno over there and, and Rashford and Ronaldo are making runs. And I do think Jaden Sancho was a victim of how he played. And, and and to be fair to him, I think with Sancho, it is going to take time. It is going to take time to for him to understand how players play around him. And I've, I've been a guy who's been saying that I would build the attack around Sancho because I think he is that good. Um, and if we can, you'll be phenomenal. But yeah, in that game against Aleti, he just wasn't up to it. Yeah. Um, before we get on to the goal, uh, just the goal that we scored um, was probably one of the few times that we were able to actually create one twos. Sancho was a part of that. Um, Anthony Alenga, someone that's been controversial among the fan base because people don't rate him that much. They wanted Ahmad to stay over him, which I was, I was part of that. But Alenga's kind of proved me wrong. He's someone that's effective and he's kind of doing the role that we kind of want Rashford to do is to just make those runs and he has, he's got that dog in him that Rashford used to have but obviously his confidence is low so what were your thoughts on that goal that Alanga scored it was a good goal to be fair um it was actually the one time that Bruno a pass with Bruno actually came off um so that so that was nice um but yeah I think it was I think Alanga when he came on just like he has in recent weeks the energy was there He's a guy, like you said, he's got a dog in him. He's like, he's going to, he's going to press. He's going to, he's going to work hard. He's going to give his all on that pitch when he's on it. And, and as you can see that, that was a goal that came from just a guy who was ready to just go into that space, go drive into that space and, and do something. And then, and it was a well-taken goal. As you said, you're going to, we're going to get onto the keepers later. But I feel like it wasn't, a, it wasn't a clean strike. It was, it was kind of scuffed, but, he got his goal and, and he showed he showed Ragnik why he showed Ragnik why that why that trust has been has, has been has been repaid. I agree, I agree. Yeah, that was Bruno's one good pass. People tell me he had a good game after that. I was this fan base Bruno has his fan base in bondage. But anyway, <laughs> speaking of another player that has his fan base in bondage, David De Gea. So mm-hmm. David De Gea is Jan Oblak. I like to call him the two keepers, two of the best shot stoppers that we've seen in the last decade. Definitely. But obviously the game has moved on like it's like life, everything evolves, and goalkeepers has evolved to where you, the your goalkeeper needs to be able to play with the ball at his feet, knows how to command his box and stuff like that. And David De Gea and Jan Oblak, two of the worst. Starting with David De Gea, I thought he played a big part in us conceding that first goal because I think it came from him miskicking a ball out of bounds. And then yeah. they got, I think that's how the, their next play got created for the goal. So what are your thoughts? Not, not about De Gea in this game specifically, but what are your thoughts on David De Gea overall and like the modern well, game? Well, David De Gea in general. 
Yeah, just in general. Yeah. Um. Well, as you said, yeah, I think in this game, this game was just a prime example of why David De Gea, in my opinion, isn't good enough anymore. In that many people won't see it because it's not how people view goalkeepers. But I think now in recent years, we're, 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 we're seeing it from the top teams there, the Man City's and Liverpool's, that you're going to need your top keeper to just be that extra player almost. Like, David De Gea is a, is a, is a phenomenal shot stopper. He's, if not the best shot stopper in the world. When, when, he, when he is in goal, he's just a phenomenal shot stopper. But I feel when, when, when you're asking him to do the other things, the other aspects of goalkeeping, that a goalkeeper needs to be able to do in, in, in this recent, in this modern game, the, the distribution, the coming out for crosses, the com- command your box, he just doesn't, he do, he's not up for it. Um, and, and this is something that LVG has been trying to coach into him. Well, LVG was trying to coach to him years ago. So it's not something that in recent, in recent years, people have just gone, oh, David doesn't, people, David, some coach like LVG has noticed this um, years back. So, but, in my opinion, what his contract's running out soon. Apparently, there's rumors coming out the club want to extend it. I think if the club extended, that would just show once again why we are not like we we just aren't going to move forward. That is a, in my opinion, a step backwards. Renewing a contract for a player who is into his thirties now, a player who is good, but is he good enough for what you want to do? And yeah, like you said, David de Gea in this in this modern game. He, just isn't offer anymore. Yeah, I like to, I like to say like I think I think Umir said like there's a correlation with David de Gea when he's at his best, United are at their worst. Yes, yes, that, yes. Because he he's like someone that needs to be like peppered to be good, but when when we only concede like one or two shots a game, he'll concede one of them because he'll have a moment like for exactly. a loss of concentration. It's a concentration factor. It's a concentration factor, definitely. So yeah, I think we need to move on. I mean, I don't know what can we extend him to. He already he's already the highest paid goalkeeper in the league. I don't know what yeah. the point of extending him. Is. What are you gonna pay more four hundred k a week? I think he's the second highest paid player in, in the league actually behind Ronaldo. That's that's even worse. Oh my god! But yeah, uh, moving on to the other side of the goalkeeper, someone that's actually been good until this year. This is the first year where you kind of see like the decline maybe of Jan Oblak. I think stats show that he's the worst shot stopper in La Liga. He's like he saved. Uh, he's conceded more goals than he saved. Shots. So, what are your thoughts on like Jan Oblak this season being like struggling? I love Jan Oblak. Well, before the season, I loved Jan Oblak. This this season has been horrific for him. I feel I feel with Jan Oblak, the kind of I think he's 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 downfall in form has coincided with like Aleti's just defensive defensive structure just shattering. Like it's not what it used to be. Simeone's defensive team have been more susceptible into like uh, conceding more chances and and I think um someone like Jose Maria Jimenez when he's not playing Alexi's defense isn't the same um but yeah no black um just everything everything that everything that made Yano Black Yan Oblak has gotten worse like everything like he's shot stopping his ability his ability to his ability to come out and just uh, interpret danger has just as you see for the Elanga goal, last season, a, a, a Jan Oblak positions himself well and saves that shot, no doubt. This season, it's not the same. And I think, I mean, if I'm an Atletico Madrid fan, I would be worried. But as you've seen with these keepers, man, they always there's a year where they almost like, they take a year out. We've seen it with Neuer. 
um, a couple of seasons back. It just takes a year out. So maybe next next season will be interesting how um, Yano Blacker recovers. And I think that's I think that's when we can really judge him. Yeah, here I mean, this guy's La Liga. I think he won like La Liga MVP last year or something. Yeah. So obviously, yeah, it could just be Atletico's lack of defensive structure and stuff like that. So yeah, the future's out for Yano Black. So yeah, one one for United. Um, are you confident that we could get it done in the second leg? I I I said that if United if United can, we're playing at Old Trafford, so it is going to be interesting how the, the how the how the um how the how the game um edges and flows in terms of um in terms of control. But I do think United's overall quality will come out on top. I think Aleti looked good in um in, in periods in that game, but they didn't do anything that that made me go. Wow, you know that in for a big one um, when it comes to traffic. So I think I think we should be able to get it done. Yeah, I think we actually had more shots on target than them somehow. Yeah, and we were and we were terrible. So mm. yeah, hopefully I just hope the occasion doesn't get to the players because yeah, as we can see, pressure on these players it makes them crumble, man, differently. Yeah. So uh, moving on to other legs, um, talk about Chelsea Lille for example. That was a two 0 Chelsea win. I don't know. Did you catch much of that game or no? Yeah, I catched a little bit of that game. Um, right. I think I think the big talking point in that game is Lukaku being dropped, really, isn't it? Yeah, so let's um, talk about that first. Um, Lukaku, someone that's been struggling, struggling this year. Um, I I think he's like I thought. I was one of those guys that said that he'll probably struggle a little coming back to the prime because Syria made him look a lot better than he was. But he's also a centurion goal scorer in Premier League, so he's not like someone mm-hmm. that's never played before. But do you think with Lukaku, it's more on him or it's more on the system that he just he obviously just can't play in the system that Tuchel has. So which one do you think it's more of? I think I think it's more on the system, man. I think one thing that 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 footballing fans need to know is that when a when 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 a team plays straight at the back, not every team that plays straight at the back is the same system. It's not all the same. Like they're very different. And for Conte straight at the back, it was more transition where they where they thrived. And in Tuchel's straight at the back formation, it's more possession based. It's more wide overload. And as we've seen with Lukaku, they're using it more of a, like a, a target man, which is, which is, which is, which is sad to see because Lukaku is almost perceived as a target man by so many, so many managers and in, in the footballing world in general. And as we've seen with certain managers like Roberto Martinez, uses him off like a, an inside forward off the right at Belgium, and and like um, Conte did last season, Lukaku has more to gain than just being a box nine. And and this season at Chelsea, we're seeing him. Almost be the guy who who plays on the back of defenders and brings others into play, and he's doing that. But you're not getting the best out of Lukaku, and when you spend 100 million pounds on a player like Lukaku, you need to get the best out of him because he's a difference maker. He just is. He's too good of a goal scorer to not be playing for you. Um, but yeah, as you said, I think it is. I think it is a system thing, to be honest. Yeah, I hear. You. I mean, yeah, you, like you said, like Conte, he played the two up top, and I think Lukaku's always thriving in the two striker system next to Lotaro. Yeah. And speaking of Lotaro, we're kind of seeing it with him. Like they they miss each other clearly, both of them. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think even Oli got the best out of Lukaku. Yes, yes. So, Oli, funnily Oli's enough, tenure, but, yeah. when Lukaku went on that game, three game, four game span, when he was just going two every game, he's playing off from with Rashford, and Rashford and him were playing a split strikers behind Jesse Lingard, and even then you were seeing. That's that's the Lukaku you want in it, and I think, like you said, I think he just plays well in two two striker formation in in in, in partnerships that he knows that his other striker can can complement his game. 
Yeah, I think someone that because my boy's a Chelsea fan, and he's like he he said he wants to see Werner next to Lukaku because Werner can like make those runs away, like occupy space. But Tuchel obviously hasn't used it that much, so he wants to stick with his three four three. So obviously, if they want to succeed with Lukaku, they gotta change it, or he could be permanently dropped and sold in the summer. Exactly, that's yeah. to be seen. Uh, someone on Leo's side that I thought was very impressive, Renato Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone that's was a golden boy, highly touted. Bayern kind of ruined him in, in a way. That's where he, like, started his struggles. But, obviously, he's come back into form ever since moving to the French League. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on Renato Sanchez, just in general? And you can talk about the game as well. Yeah, Renato, Renato Sanchez, man. I, li- I like him. Especially in the in the Euros. I just, like... Renato Sanchez was a player where, when he broke through, I just loved him. Like everyone else, I just loved the way he played. And then, obviously, that period at Bayern Munich, where he almost just seemed like he was a forgotten man. Then came to Swansea, really weird move to Swansea, and then I just I just stopped following Renato Sanchez. I was like, okay, this player is not gonna make it again. And then obviously in the Euros, he came in for Portugal, and I was just like, oh my god, this guy is so good. And as we seen as we seen um on Tuesday night against Chelsea, once again he's kicking it with big players, like he's kicking it with a, with a Premier League side. So he shows he he is showing once again that he is at that level. Um, unfortunately, his hamstrings are. Yeah. Cooked, they're cooked, and they're lich, they're literally finished. Like, but again, man, with Renato Sanchez, you just never know with players like this that if you if you get a manager, if you get a manager system, and you get the right players around them, you can make these guys really, really good. And I think Renato Sanchez on the Galtier, you seen that last season that he can be really, really good. So. Yeah, I just told Renato Sanchez can kick on, man. These injuries have, have, have really hindered his progress. But I think if he just can look after his body in these next few years and just and just get a consistent game time, we can really be seeing a guy who can get to the top of his game. Yeah, I think it wasn't for his injuries. I'd say United should buy him because he's probably like 20, 30 mil. But obviously, mm-hmm. we can't be buying midfielders that are cooked of course, injury-wise. Because yeah. we can't even we look after our own players, let alone bringing someone mm-hmm. in. Um. Anyone else on Chelsea? Oh, Kai Havertz, because he's the one that Lukaku got dropped for. Um, he scored. I think he scored the first goal. Um, do you think if Tuchel does stick with this three-four-three, do you do you think that Havertz should just occupy that false nine spot in a way? Because that's like his position. Well, now. it's interesting because Kai Havertz, when he plays that position, he actually looks really good. Like I remember last season at the back end of last season, Kai Havertz was playing that position, and he looked really, really good. Playing almost as, as, like you said, as a false nine, so he looked. He's a decent player. Like he came in again, like like Lukaku, like Werner. He's coming for big money, and he's not. He's not impressed, and it's almost kind of why is he not for impressing? And you look at Tuku's, you look at Tuku's system and formation, and you go, does he just not fit into it? But um, when he does play that false nine position, he looks good. I buy a Leverkusen before they bought him. He was playing almost as a false nine. Um, we're having like the likes of Leon Bailey and Virtu broke through was playing off the other wing. So he was playing some sort of similar position. And he's 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 physique and he's he's a he's quite a big guy for for a guy who's so technical. He's quite a big guy. So he's someone that, for example, the League Cup final tomorrow, I can see him playing that playing that position, and. If he has a good game there again, like it'll be hard to drop him, to be honest. 
Yeah, I think I think for him, like if it wasn't for Corona, I think he's a buying player right now. I think they would have bought mm-hmm. him if they had the if they had the money for it. Yeah. Him and Muller, he's, he's probably kind of like the heir to Muller at some point. Now it might be Ritz, obviously, because he's probably gonna yeah. go to Bayern in a couple of years. But yeah, what happens? I think Chelsea in general just a tournament team. Like I think they're yeah. just built for tournaments because they don't concede, and that's one way to win tournaments is you don't concede. The Look pragmatism. at them. They've won. They've won now. What is it? The Super Cup, the Club World Cup, and the Champions League, and they've got to the FA Cup final in, what, in the last two seasons. I think. I think you're right. I think they're just a tournament team. They're really, really built for for tournament football. Yeah. So speaking of that, do you think they could do anything in UCL, or do you think like their lack of goals, because they do have a lack of goals, like will cost them this year? I feel like you've got. I feel like they're going to be one of the favorites when you win a Champions League. You're yeah. going to be one of the favorites going into the next one, aren't you? Um, C and Liverpool are still better than than them, in my opinion. Like miles better than them. Um, Bayern Munich have let me down. I thought Bayern Munich were the favourites and things aren't looking good over there. PSG, Juventus, Real Madrid. There's a couple of teams there that 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 they're probably not as good as Chelsea, but they would give Chelsea a game. But I do think Chelsea will be looking to will be looking to win it again, but definitely looking to get to the last stages. Um but yeah, like you said, the lack of goals is gonna be an issue. Um as we've seen as we've seen on Tuesday night, like apart from Havertz's when before Havertz scored, I went after when Havertz actually scored. Chelsea, Chelsea was still creating chances but not putting him away until Pulisic scored and he hit the most awful gritty I've ever seen in my life. Horrific gritty I've ever seen in my life. But um, he scored a really good goal. And yeah, they've got they've got a couple of players like Ziyech and Mount. They've got players that there that when you look at them and when you look at the type of player they are, they're more creative and. It, it all comes back to Lukaku and it, almost, it all comes back to get your 100 million pound strikers firing and you're going to be one of the most fair teams in Europe. I agree. I agree. Um, the other game that day was uh, Juventus Villarreal. Speaking of strikers, Juventus' new target man, Dusan Vlahovic. Um, he, for his first UCL game, everyone was excited to see how he would do, obviously. Um, and he scored within 32 seconds, funnily enough. And he scored a goal that had, I think, 0.002 XG. Yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts on Dusan Vlahovic to begin with? I think Vlahovic is I think he's a next up man. I think when you look at when you look at players like Haaland and Mbappe, them players are just just I just feed on. But I think Vlahovic is very close. Um yeah, like you said, scoring from a zero point zero point zero two XG is just crazy. It's just it's, it's, it's defined odds really. But Vlahovic is one of them strikes. as we've seen, as we've seen um against Villarreal. He's one of them strikers when he when he when the chance comes to him, he's gonna bang it. He's gonna score. Unfortunately, he's playing for a manager and in the system in Alighieri that them chances aren't gonna come a lot. So when he comes, you're gonna have to take him. And he's he scored when he scored, the next shot he had was in the 92nd minute. So it just showed all game he was he was just he was just a lone wolf up there. He was just he was just working the line really. Nothing doom, nothing more. But I think I think Juventus was a great move for him. Of course, he was linked to Arsenal heavily, so I think Juventus is a really good move for him. Stay in a league where you know, where you, where you, which you know really well. Keep, keep doing what you're doing, and and, and playing in a in a team that is semi-dominant in that league, and and then and then show the world what you can do, really. Yeah, I mean, for him, it just I think Allegri's not going to hit that long because his this guy's anti-football right now. He does not want to attack. Definitely. So. Um, and on the other side, we have uh, we have Villarreal. I know you. I know you're Nigerian, so might as well talk about the, one of the wingers there, Chukwueze. Mm-hmm. I like him. He's really he's a really good winger. 
So I don't know. I don't know how you played in this game specifically. I don't know if you know, but yeah, you can talk about him. Samuel Chukwueze is he's a phenomenal winger, man. When you talk, when we're, we're talking, when we're, as a Man United fan, you talk about wingers. Samuel Chukwueze would be someone that I'd be looking at, man. Him and Sancho are very similar. They're dribble monsters, absolute dribble monsters. They, when they get on the ball, they just they just dribble and they dribble well. Um, in this game specifically, um, like I was saying, Adegiri, anti-football, he sat back. Once they got the lead, he sat back. And it was Villarreal. Um, and yeah, they, 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 they were putting the pressure on him. And Samuel Chukwueze was, was definitely one of the, one of the men that, um, at, at the heart of that. Danny Pereira as well. And, and former, former Tottenham boy, Giovanni Lo Celso was also really good. Um, but yeah, Villarreal in general, they, they're really tactically well team, as you would know as well as a United fan. Villarreal are a really tactically well set up team under Una Emre. And against Juventus, they showed that even though they're not as they don't have the players Juventus have um in terms of talent, they can tactically get their way around it and they know where to hurt Juventus. And they were unlucky to actually to draw that game. I really do think Villarreal could have could have could have went to Turin with the win. Yeah, I heard. I saw on my Twitter a couple. A couple of people that were, were watching that game instead of the Chelsea game were like, they could have had three goals in the first half like that. Mm-hmm. So maybe in the second leg, I don't know if Gerard Moreno will be, will be back for that because he's their talisman. Hopefully, he's back for that because I actually want to see Villarreal advance over Juventus because I just don't like Juventus at all. So I think yeah. the, I think the interesting thing as well is that the winner of United Letty plays the winner of Juventus Villarreal. So is that true? Wasn't yeah, isn't there like another that, draw after I think, that? I think that's the case. Uh, that's what I've heard. So. Oh. That's what I've seen. So, if that's the case, that is going to be a very interesting account of whoever wins them both legs, to be honest. Well, Pope, yo, Pope was going to play Juventus and, like, throw the game again for us, man, or something like that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, yeah. Actually, I like Unai Emery. He's like, even, like, we have him, like, he's, like, the um the logo for this podcast, like, him holding a brain. Like, you know, mm. you know like, the... Yeah, the, yeah, I've, the seen, I've, seen, I've seen the other, yeah. Yeah, so like him, that's so I like I like I rate him, I like, I rate him tactically. So and he showed it in this game. Yeah, he's actually he's very tactical on the raid. I was saying this in a group chat, like where, where a bunch of Arsenal fans were saying it as well. Like they thought Unai Emery was very tactically underrated. I feel like I feel like English football is one of them is one of them processes that listen. If you come to England and you and you and you flop, you're just going to be labeled as a flop wherever you go. And as we've seen with Villarreal, that like. He is a good manager. Like he's a guy who's won the Europa League numerous of times. He might be a, a record holder of some sort there, and he's a guy who can, who can, who can, who can set up a team that can that can go to a big, go to a big team like Juventus, like Manchester United, and play him. And I think with Unai Emery, when you go to teams like Arsenal, PSG, as he has been in the past, and you don't, you don't, you don't stamp your authority on them teams. You can be labelled as that as a manager who's, who's who's tactically weak, but he's he's not that at all. He's a really good manager, and um, I think it's going to be like we, like I said in the second leg, it's going to be very interesting as a, as a tactical affair on how um on how that um plays out. Yeah, and then the other use again is speaking of tacticians, um, yeah. the current uh, favorite for the United job. Hopefully, I'm praying that he's the favorite. Uh, Mr. Baldy himself, Eric Ten Hag. The new um, pep. Yeah, the new Pep. Um, obviously, Ajax. This is the first time in UCL this year that they didn't win the game. They drew two two. Uh, I would have loved to watch that game if a certain other club wasn't playing. I'm sure that game was actually more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. But uh, what are your thoughts on Eric Ten Hag to begin with? 
I'm actually writing a piece on uh, Manchester United's next manager and like the suitabilities. And Eric Ten Hag is, is, is regarded as the, the fan favourite. He's the one everyone wants. And you can see why. He's an elite tactician at, 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 such, a, at such a young career so far. What he's doing at Ajax is just phenomenal. They actually, I think they have conceded the least goals in the competition. And, and of, of course, they've got the top score in Seb Halle, which is mental to think that Sebastian yeah. Halle, a guy who was labelled as a, as a West Ham flop, is now uh, is now at the UCL's top goal scorer. But yeah, um, I guess Benfica they were poor. They were very poor. I seen that game. They were quite poor as a, as, a, as a team. Then they weren't as good as they as they've shown in the past. I think Benfica, especially on how they set up, they set up to frustrate um, Ajax. They did that. Um, and yeah, Ten Hag is one of their managers. If he did come to Manchester United, I think my United fans have got to have got to realize that he's one of their managers that. He's really set on his ways of playing. Like it's his way or the highway, and as we see, as I seen in that Benfica game, it was just his way. Like he didn't have a, a plan B to counteract how Benfica were playing, and unfortunately for him, that's what what led in the draw. But yeah, as a manager, he's a phenomenal manager. I think Pep Pep's leaving next year, if I'm right, and Klopp's leaving the year after, and I think a smart club in the Premier League. Manchester United hopefully would be a manager would be would be a, a team that would get a manager, let them um develop with the team and then hope to kick on after the next two years. Yeah, I mean I'm with you. Everyone that's listening to here knows I'm I've been spending some hog praise for over a year. Just like you, I wrote the article I wrote the article in October, like when Oli was rumored to get sacked. I think I put him and Potter, because I also mm-hmm. love Grand Potter, but oh, obviously Paul, I rated man. I rated to Hog because he has a UCL experience, obviously. Um, like you said, it's his way of the highway, which I want because his way will kick out half the squad. Yeah, I'm yes. praying for that. Fully agree. So, starting from the back with Maguire, the Hale, all them players, they're getting kicked out under him, and also with especially like the youth that we have coming up. I don't know if like if you, I'm sure you've heard about some of our youth players and like yeah. how high how highly rated they are, and obviously Den Hag is Ajax manager, and they have the best youth academy in the world possibly. Yeah. So, with him and Ralph Ragnick upstairs. Yeah. you're going to allow Ten Hag to have a whole group of Car- Carrington players and our for established first-team players. It's, it's like what you want, mix. isn't it? Isn't it, Michael? Yep. Like, when you think about what Manchester United fans want, like, Ten Hag embodies what Manchester United want. Good football, attractive football, to be honest. Um, young young players coming through and just a vision of winning and winning consistently. And that's what Ten Hag... He's a disciple of, of Johan Cruyff's total football. Like, I, I call him the new Pep. I call him the, 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 the future Pep for a reason because I genuinely think, um, in the piece I, I, I'm writing about, there's a bit where I say, where he, he said he wants to be almost like Pep Guardiola 2.0. He wants to be a guy who, who innovates the sport. And, and, and that's what Pep has done, as we've seen, coming into English football and his possession-based way. And that's something Ten Hag wants to do. And if he did come to Manchester United, that's something that I'm sure a lot of fans would get behind. Yeah, I mean, if we flop to United, then I'll, I'm just going to recognize that we're a cursed club and we're never being successful ever again in my lifetime. But yeah, when I wrote that piece as well, I'm like, because he also worked at Bayern Munich uh, for a while. So he's had, he's probably learned a couple of things from Bayern and Bayern are the most efficient system in the world. And then you have, you add that with Ajax, who, like you said, total football, Johan Cruyff disciple. So he's got the Bayern system in him. He's got the Ajax system Ajax in him. System. What more can you want from a manager? 
So obviously praying in the summertime hot comes and maybe Van Dessar in a couple of years, get some Definitely, more football man. people in the club. But focus on the players now. Um, one player from Ajax that United that uh, if Ten Hag does come, is rumored to come with him, uh, is Anthony, the right winger, someone that he represents his podcast, Juego Bonito, Hoga Bonito. He's bringing the sport back. He's got that one like little turn that he does that he's created. Yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts on Anthony as a player? Like you said, man, he's bringing he's bringing a beautiful game back. Anthony's phenomenal, man. He's phenomenal. I just I just love watching him play. Like you said, that little spin he does is it, trademark now. Like every every time you watch him play, he's just he's just phenomenal. Like Manchester United, as it as it does look, Jenny Sancho is best out on the left. So a player we bring in to play on the right, surprise, yeah. surprise, he's, he's now he's now uh, he's now our best left winger. So it, it it does seem I don't think I don't think United will actually go to look. And and replace and get a right winger straight away. Well, it depends. If Tenag comes in, that's definitely going to be one one of his priorities. And he, if Tenag definitely comes in, he's definitely going to be looking to bring a few Ajax boys with him. And Anthony will be definitely top of that list because he's just he's phenomenal. Um, left footed uh, little winger that just cuts inside. He has the real admirers about him. Um, yeah. And he's someone that if he did come to United, if he did come to Old Trafford, fans would fans would literally be lining outside. For their season tickets because he's that good. Yeah, like you said, the Mars. He's got that little shot fake in him. I love it. Yeah. Like pump fake. He's got that. He's got that in his bag. Um, speaking of other aspects that he might bring, uh, what do you think about their DM? I think it's Lisandro Martinez, the Argentinian. Mm-hmm. Um, would you be someone that you would like want to hog to bring? Because obviously we have a DM issue that we need to resolve. So would he be like on your list of potential? Yeah, DMs Lisandro to look at? Martinez and Edson Alvarez. Edson Alvarez, uh, especially I think the DM. Edson Alvarez and Lissandro Martinez, the centre back. I think them two there, them two would be definitely top of my list. I think, like you said, we have a really big DM issue, an issue that I think whoever comes in, it's someone that it's something that Ralph Ragnick wanted to sort yeah. in the January transfer window with either um, Dennis Zakaria or uh, uh, Bubakar Kamara. But yeah, Edson Alvarez or Lissandro Martinez would be brilliant. Um, and I think, I think. Again, like I said, ten out football. He's a guy that he will come in. He will he will have players around Europe that he knows can play his football, and he will have he won't be looking to go get. For example, we've heard that Declan Rice for ninety million. He may be a player that uh, that that ten out might might go. Yeah, he's brilliant, but he's ninety million. I can go get you someone for thirty million. He's just as good, and you we can save that money and go get someone and go get someone else and ponder. So yeah, like you said, if we were to get someone out from Ajax, Edson Alvarez and Lissandro Martinez would definitely be would definitely be top of my list, man. Yeah, speaking my language, I, I'm t- I'm tired of this, like 90 million signings, over 30 million, yeah, over 30 over players. 30, I'm yeah. tired of this. I'm just trying to adopt the Liverpool system. You just find yeah. these like 35 and 40 million because United and Liverpool are kind of running a similar way with like the American owners. They don't really want to spend as much. Obviously, the United owners spend a little more because we're a bigger club. We make more money. But I feel like if someone explains to the Glazers, you, you don't have to spend this much money. You can save you can save the money in your pockets. We'll find you some gems if you, as long as you exactly. put football people on the board. So like Ralph Ragnick, who's obviously one of the best directors in football history, and maybe like a Paul Mitchell, who he was pictured with. I pray that he brings him in. Maybe a little Tuchamani. I know he's a little expensive, but that's that's, that's another boy. player. That's another player. As you as you said, Michael, that's another player that if if a tenner came in, that's another player that. It, it, it's about it's about it's about being smart in the market as well. That's something that my United is just not. It's so obvious in the market. Like 
I loved Sancho, but he was such an obvious signing. Like he's a player that man, when we went into that market, everyone knew we were going for for, for Jane Sancho. For example, when we were looking at centre back, as soon as Rafa Ram was on the market, everyone knew Man United would go for him. Instead of I don't know, going for like a I don't know I don't know, Max Kilman from Wolves. Yeah. Or or a Nico Schotterbeck from Freiburg, who's who's killing it right now. You know, going for someone that you know isn't gonna be as recognized, someone who probably isn't gonna isn't gonna command as much attention, but in the long term, they're gonna be just as good or maybe even better at signing than who who you're looking at. Yeah, I, I completely you speak you speak my language right now. But and then one more Ajax player that I want, but is unlikely to come because I think he's already tempted to go to Barcelona. Is yep. the right back Mazarui? Obviously, yep. right back's another position. I know you just wrote the article on Dalo, but like you also said in your article that's someone that we could potentially upgrade on yep. in the future. Mazarui is one of those players that I would want, but it lo- does look like he's Barcelona bound because they also have a right back issue in Xavi, yep. Barcelona, Ajax. That connection's there. So, what are your thoughts on Mazarui? Like you said, Mazarui, man, he's. He's a player, man. I when when you when when we were talking about Anthony and we we're talking about how a guy who likes to come inside, he does that because Matsuri is who Matsuri is. A guy who can Matsuri is a guy who can overlap, underlap. He's he's a phenomenally technic technically exquisite right back. Generally good. Um, as you said, he's looking Barca bound or, or AC Milan are also looking at him. So he's probably he probably if we were to get a Tanag, he's probably someone who who would have already signed his pre contract. Um, in the summer before before we can look at him, but yeah, man, I just I just feel like look at the players we just named. We just named Anthony, Edson Alvarez, Sandra Martinez, Masuri. These are players that these are players that probably won't even cost altogether. Won't even cost 150 million that Manchester United can bring in in the summer and absolutely improve their squad by mile. And it just it just it just shows that if if me and you can think of players that we can bring in, it's not it shouldn't be that hard. For the play for the guys up in the board to 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 go into go into the meetings going into going into the summer and go let's look at this guy let's look at that guy that can improve our squad that can improve our team for this for not for not that much for this much and I think Matsuri there's actually a couple of players that that are out, um that are going to be free agents that I think my and I should be looking I think the free agent market is going to look really good this summer yeah. and Matsuri is definitely one but yeah as you said he's just a really good player. Yeah, and Benfica, one player I want to specifically look at because he's, I think he was on their targets for like the striker, which is another position we need to fill after certain incidents happen. Um, Darwin Nunez, yeah, uh, Darwin Nunez, um, he's someone that we looked at. I haven't really watched much of him. I've heard the only time I remember seeing him is him doing that slow ass step over against Barcelona where his feet looked like he was Maguire. That was the slowest step over I've ever seen. That was Ronaldo esque when he's 37. <laughs> But obviously, I know he's a good player. He's uh, one of the future players for Uruguay. Um, I heard he's most likely a striker in the two. Obviously, I think you might know more about him. So, what about what do you think about Darwin Nunez? You see, see what's funny? Um, Darwin Nunez is a player that I love on FM. I love him on Football Manager. He's a guy that every every save I have, I have him shortlisted instantly because he's just phenomenal. Um, like you said, he's a player that that definitely works better in the two. He's actually he's actually. It's funny enough because when he plays, he's a guy who tends to drift down to the left. He's not a guy who who, who takes up that striker position as as like a Haaland or Vlahovic. He's a guy who likes to drift out onto the to certain positions, like the left hand side, drift out onto a wide, collect the ball. He scored a really good goal the other week where 
he drifted out to the left, picked it up, did a slow ass step over his, as you were talking about, and then caught it in and he just slapped it into the right hand corner. And that was that 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 just embodied the type of play he is. He's an absolute workhorse as well. He's a guy who, like you said, Ralph Ragnick will be looking at will be looking at players that that can can work hard, guys who, who are ready to just pull it out on the pitch. Like as we've seen in Edison Cavani, a guy who he doesn't play much, but when he does play, he leaves it out on that pitch. And and yeah. and um, actually, Darwin Nunes is a guy who's been kind of uh, kind of been hinted to be the next Edison Cavani. I don't really see it. He's more he's more he's more Luis Suarez, if anything, from 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 the way he plays in the kind of the kind of um, technical standpoint. But yeah, Darwin Nunes is a really good player. Um, but with 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 him, it's almost like do you want to go into the Portuguese league again? Do you do you really want to do that? Like. As we've seen sure. with certain players in the Portuguese league, some things can be under can be uncovered when they come into the Prem. But um, in terms of Darwin Nunes, he's a really good player that um, Manchester United should definitely be looking at at least. Yeah. You know, a little Uruguayan connection. We already we already have Palestra on the right. Yeah, Palestra, yeah. The top. But you know, speaking of the Portuguese, you, I know, I know, I don't. I say I, I hate the Portuguese players right now, but this is one DM I want. Uh, Joao Palinha. Yeah, I want him as a DM because I wrote an article about him. He's kind of like a younger Matic, a little worse on the ball, but he's defensively solid and he's decent on the ball. So that's the one Portuguese player I want. Otherwise, stay clear of that league because that, that league's pissing me off. Right you, see, you see about João Polina, he's another player that in the Euros, in when Portugal were kind of um, picking up some pay, um, he's a, just like Sanz, just like Renato Sanz. He's another player where I looked at him and I went, He's really good. Like he's, I didn't know much about him. You must obviously know more. Um, but when I watched him, I can see that kind of magic vibe around that. That kind of single pivot guy who can get on the ball, control it, um, be almost as an anchor. Um, as we've seen with the likes of Roger and Fabinho, and it seems that's the, how the, the the midfields are moving nowadays, where you have that kind of anchor of a pivot. We're trying to make McTominay into one of them. He's not. Um, but Palinho would be one again. Just another smart pickup. He's at Sporting. I'm pretty sure he's going for 30 million. So again, it's just their options are there. The options are definitely there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, the new is in Cavani. I hate. I hate Cavani right now. It's not because of his talent. Well, it kind of is his talent because I don't think he could trap a ball. And he's like 37 as well. Mm-hmm. But just his unavailability because this guy's making up injuries and going to boxing events every week. But yeah. Uh, moving on from uh, Champions League. That was the Champions League. Um. Do you, th- you think Ajax are probably going to secure it, right? Obviously, like when yeah, I think I think I think I have to go through. I think even though they were poor against Benfica, they were clearly the better football inside. I think I have to definitely come through at, at the Young Point Arena. Yeah. Do you think that they can make it as far as that team in 2018-19, the the Young the Lick team, or do you see them going out in the quarters? You see, it's interesting because as as I just said, like Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, these are teams that are really good football insiders as well as just great teams in general. Um I think Ajax is Ajax is um seeing probably semifinals. So uh, if they can make semifinals that would be a great achievement for them. Um unlike unlike the 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 2018-19 side who in my opinion definitely were destined for the finals apart from that Lucas Mora um goal at the end they would they seemed like a Champions League finalist. But yeah, this team's really good. But again, Credit to Ten Hag, who's built what two different sides in the space of three seasons. It just, it just, it just speaks to how good he is as a coach and as a manager. Yeah, I mean, the further he, the further Ajax go, the more likely United are likely to hire him because they're gonna exactly. be like, oh, they're gonna be more impressed. So exactly. yeah, 
But the you know what? Could go, the same could go Poch. with Poch. The same could go yeah, with Yeah, that's true. I swear, I need a PSG Ajax match. And like, I need Ajax to be that PSG. Would, that would be ideal, yes. And then the winner gets, uh, the winner of manager gets gets a main United job. That's what needs to happen. But You see, anyway. what's funny about that? If that happened, I think the loser would be the United manager. I think the news would be the United manager. That's something United would do. Yeah, just do the opposite. That club is so backwards. But yeah, uh, moving on from UCL uh, over to Europa League. A couple of teams I want to touch on. Barcelona, uh, who I'm so happy in Europa League because I hate that club with a passion. I Obviously, I respect the way they play football as a yeah. football fanatic. But I hate what they did to me when I was younger, beating us in those yeah, two UCL oh finals. That's, that, listen, that spell of my life. And I was young. And that was when I was getting into football, you know. That yeah, was the period where I was really getting into football. I tell you that they made me nearly quit quit watching football for the rest <laughs> of my life. That yeah. that 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 goal the other side nearly finished the way I viewed football. But yeah, um, so obviously they smacked up Napoli in that second game. Uh, a couple, uh, so obviously with Javi, um, obviously I wanted him to fail, but he's obviously not going to fail because he's one of the smartest midfielders of all time, and that's transitioning to his uh, managerial abilities. Um, so I've actually brought up the point. I think that Barcelona are not that far off Real Madrid, you know. I think, like, obviously the table will say otherwise because Barcelona struggled. But I'm seeing, like, I'm seeing Javi's plan. Like, obviously they need they need uh, some reinforcements uh, in the summer. Uh, like I said, a Maserui at right back would be one, for example. Probably another center back. Um, but in, the, in terms of midfield, I think they're set with the midfield because La Masia produces midfielders like nobody's business. And then the forward line, they've improved. So what are your thoughts on, like, Javi's Barcelona like, and how he's looked so far? They're looking impressive, man, in recent weeks. I think I think the one result that made me sit up and go, wow, this team's actually decent, was the Atletico Madrid one. I think they looked really good in that one. Um, and, yeah, it's weird that, like, the January transfer window signings, which were lauded as flops, I lauded them as flops in a, in a podcast. But Adama, Aubameyang, Ferran Torres, they're looking really good. It's funny because La Liga is probably one of the leagues where it's prizes technical and it's all about what you can do with your feet, but a, a little bit of PMP and that league, that league. Bro, this guy's, this guy's clocked to Chico. He added PMP into Tiki Taka. Yeah. He's like, he's evolving the game. It's weird because I'm, I'm down Charo, he's like, he's one of them guys who uh, people are going, oh, he has no end product when he was at Wolves. And to a certain point, to a certain aspect, you can go, yeah, he didn't have end product, but he now has four assists in five games. That is end product. That is a guy who, on the Xavi, is telling basically, this is where you need to. This way you need to be, and at this times do that, and you can become a better player. And like you said, Xavi's one of the smartest um, midfielders of all time, and he's definitely looking at like one of the smartest um, um, young coaches right now. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, the PNP. I mean, it manages like Xavi and Pepe Guardiola. The thing that makes them so good is like they kind of simplify the game for you. Yeah. And that's what the best managers do. Obviously, their systems are very like complicated, but if you have some sort of football IQ, they will make it simple. And Adama. That guy's a Chico in La Liga. No fullback can handle him. They're like all exactly. tiny Spaniards. Look at, look at Hermoso. Hermoso was Yeah, this guy was, he was... He was probably praying after the game. He was probably <laughs> praying to the gods after that game. But yeah, another player, like you said, the January transfer window, Aubameyang, uh, he forced his way out of Arsenal. Uh, yep. Good for him because he went to a better situation, maybe. Definitely. In no aspect, like in terms of him, himself, for selfish reason. Um, I think he still missed a couple of citizens in the Napoli game, but he did score. Um, I didn't think he was going to fit into Xavi's system. Xavi himself said two years ago that he doesn't see Aubameyang playing for Barca, but obviously he uh, changed his mind. Um, so do you think Aubameyang is like a, a stopgap in a way, like like a one-year thing, and then they'll go for someone else? Is that what you think? 
Yeah, um, I think the Bamming deal at, at first it didn't make sense to me. I thought it was one of the worst signings in January. And to a certain to a certain point, it still doesn't it still doesn't make sense to me in terms of you've got Ferran Torres, Fax is gonna come back. Dembele is still there kicking about. He's probably gonna leave in the summer. Um but as we've seen with uh Abamyang, the guy scores goals in it. He just scores goals. Um and yeah, like you look at you look at um the way Barcelona are building and the whole kind of buy young Spanish players domestically and abroad and and and, and bring them to Barcelona and, and start this new revolution. I don't think Abamian is going to be part of that long term, but as a, as a stopgap, definitely he's 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 one of the best stopgaps you can get. Like he will score goals, um, and yeah, if he can, if he's, I think what he's going to be there for eighteen months. That's that's the, that's the plan, eighteen months, and and then go. So if that's the case, I, I think Barcelona will, will will look good to do that. Yeah, I mean, Xavi's on his top red type Brexit thing with Spanish players. This guys are trying to do a whole Spanish eleven. I think Spanish, he's Spanish on that, you know. Yeah, it's kind of like crazy. But um, speaking of Spanish player, the other signing, uh, Lias, aka Ferran Torres. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, shout out Um, but yeah, Ferran Torres. Um, I think he's sixty million. Um, he said it. I mean, yeah, obviously every Spanish player wants to play for Barcelona. That's your dream, Real Madrid. I. He's been kind. Of, he was kind of frustrating in that Napoli. I think the first leg he missed like three big chances, stuff mm-hmm. like that. I don't know if I think did he score in the second leg. I don't remember like the score sheet. No, I, he didn't score in the second leg. Um, he didn't score in the second leg. No, but in the second leg he was equally frustrating because there was his overall game in the second leg was was way better than the first leg, but he still didn't score. Um, and he still missed a couple of chances where you were going. He should be scoring that. Oh, uh, do you see yeah. like? He's someone that they signed for sixty mil. Do you think? But do you think that he's good enough? To, like when Javi gets his like dream Barcelona, do you think that's someone that starts, or do you think like as a bench player? Because obviously they have Fati as well. I think I think the idea is for him to start. I think I think the ideas. I don't I don't think you, you, you especially for a team who was in depth. I, I don't think I don't think the idea is for him to 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 not start. I think the idea is for him to start, um, especially in the long term for them to have like a Fati. Uh, Ferran and the idea would be Haaland or some sort of or some sort of marquee striker there. Um, so yeah, the, the interesting thing will be easier striker or easier winger to be honest. And that's one thing that Pep could never kind of um, nail out. down at, at, at City. What was he a, a wide player or was he a, 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 an almost a striker who was able to offer you more? So it'll be interesting to see how Xavi views him. Yeah, um, so yeah, speaking of Holland, might as well move on to the other what was supposed to be a big team in uh the Europa League, but they crashed out to Rangers. Uh, Borussia Dortmund, um, are I mean, I'm sure, like, in a way, disappointment. Uh, do you think, like, obviously, I think there's some of the Bundesliga title race, I think there's six points uh, off Bayern total title race. I still think yeah. Bayern will clear them in the end, yeah, Bundesliga tax. But do you think Dortmund should be like va- massively disappointed, like, that they got knocked out by a Rangers team? I mean. Marco Rose is not is not having a good time there at all. Like I've watched a bit of Dortmund this season, and I think the Dortmund can be frustrated at three things. One, Marco Rose is not as good as people expected him to be. Two, um, Erling Haaland is not playing. Like he just decided to like stop playing. I know the one thing I've seen flowing about is that Haaland's injury problems are a lot. A lot, a lot, um, quieter than they should be. I think it's something that people should definitely be looking at. He's had quite a few injuries, and and the third thing is their defense is absolutely crap. Like it's terrible. Um, 
And again, against Rangers, a team who, no disrespect to the Scottish League, they play in the Scottish League. They were able to rip apart Dortmund's defence like it wasn't there. And a player who I feel like is not being is not being um, talked about how much how he's declined in recent years is Matt Hummels. And I think Matt Hummels still being like the guy you rely on in that defence is quite worrying. Um, there's a few other players like Ikanji who's heavily linked to United um, in recent oh, please God, no. times. Please God, and, no. Yeah, Ikanji who's playing right back most of the times right now. Playing it very badly, by the way. Um, Zagadou, who has these injury problems as well. So there's a few, there's a few, there's a few defenders there that really are not, really are not performing as well as they should be. So I think with Dortmund, well, as we've seen in them two legs, they weren't that good, and they and and like you said, this whole title race at Germany, where eventually Bayern will probably win it. It's just another season where Dortmund once again. Are, are, are the bridesmaid of the Bundesliga. That's a good, that's a good saying to be fair. Um, Jude Bellingham, uh, probably the only shining light from that Dortmund, uh, those two legs. I think he scored two goals, did his best. Uh, yelled at his teammates, called the uh, Nico Schultz <laughs> shit. Yes, that clip going around. But yeah. Um. Obviously. Um. I think he'll stay in Dortmund this summer because they're gonna get rid of Hollands. So I, I don't think they're gonna get rid of uh, both okay. their top two players. Um, but in the future, where do you see him going? Do you see him coming back to the Prem, or do you see him potentially going to Real Madrid, who I think have been linked with him before? Yeah, that's the interesting thing because apparently Jude Bellingham is not is not 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 keen, but he's not a guy who's eager to come back to the to the Prem. And I'm not I'm not I'm not surprised. He's looking at his his his, his good friend Sancho, and he's going like that adaptation process is a little bit too long. So. Maybe I think with Be- I think with Bellingham, he's gonna be one of the best midfielders on the planet. Many would say he's already one of the best midfielders. Like he's so good. Um, I think he's just in that he's just in that um category, probably close to Pedri, in that these young midfielders who can just do it all really. But yeah, um, if he if he is gonna move on in the next two seasons, um, probably not this season, as you said, with Haaland going. Maybe next season he's gonna command a big fee. Because he's what 18, 19 years old, that potential sky high. Um, Real Madrid have been linked with him, and understandably so, because I think that midfield does need a, a, a rejig. Um, but I think one team that I think um, we should be looking at is Chelsea, to be honest. I think Chelsea would definitely be looking at him, and if they do get a declaration this summer, um, they'll be looking to replace Canto Jorginho the next summer as well. And Bellingham would be would be would definitely be um someone I, I think they'll be looking at. Yeah, I think the one team that he would go to if they had the uh, funds for it would be a Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, if they do make if they do make a big sale, they will have the money to get him. Obviously, I think he's a Liverpool fan from a, as a young kid. Um, their midfield is like it's good, but they need that. I think they're still missing that one midfielder. I can see I can see why he's a Liverpool fan because you can see that Gerrard in him. Gerrard, yeah. You can definitely see that Gerrard in him, man. He's a player that. As we've seen in the clip, he's mate, he's an aggressive player. He's a, he's a he's an aggressive player. The guy who who's not who's not scared to get into it. Um, and I think yeah, like you said, if they had the funds, Liverpool would definitely. And I think Liverpool will still try to push him. I think as yeah. we've seen in January, Liverpool for a team who are not blessed with money or are not a guy are not team who flaunts with money in the transfer market. If they want a player, they will get that player, regardless of how much he how much he potentially could be worth and. Bellingham is definitely someone that they'll definitely be looking to get, especially when you look at Henderson in his 30s, Thiago in his 30s, Ox, Keita, injury prone, 
Um, Fabinho will obviously be there, and Elliot is coming into his own now. I think Bellingham will definitely be one of the players they'll be looking at. Yeah, would you think of Man United considering like the fee price? Obviously, as a player, we'll take him, but considering Man United, fee... Man United will be linked to him regardless. Um, I think the interesting thing is that he turned out United before he went to Dortmund. Like it was, it was, it was widely known that like United were in for him. Um, so, and there's obviously a clip once again. There's a clip of Bellingham going around saying, "Would you join United?" and him kind of just rushing away, going, "No, I wouldn't." You wish, or kind of thing. I you can't really read into them things, but it's one of them things that Bellingham is very. He strikes me as an, a guy who's aware, aware of situations, and he strikes me as a guy like majority of footballers nowadays that will look at United situation and go, "I'm not. I don't. The money's not going to really." Because with United, the one thing they can say is that we'll pay you more than that team. Bellingham strikes me as a guy who will go to a team knowing that he will improve and get to the level he wants to be. And if if it's between a United, Liverpool, Chelsea or Real Madrid, I think United are far down that list. Yeah. I think that's the one difference maybe between him and Sancho. I think Sancho, like, obviously he, want, he wants to come back to the Prem more than Bellingham yeah. probably does. Like, Sancho's, like, homesick. He wants to come back yeah. home. Uh, United players have a lot of, like, he has a lot of good friends on us. And yeah. he's a He's more of a brand than Bellingham because he's like more of a flaunty player. So obviously, the United brand is apparently still this, big. Apparently, uh, when we did get Sancho, that was the United was the team when United was always a team like he always dreamt of playing for. Like yeah. he looked at the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo, but he doesn't look at him the same way nowadays. But um, he yeah, looked probably. at David Beckham, and obviously, like you said, he's got great friends. Like Rashford is one of his best friends, Jaden Sancho, Jesse Lingard as well. So he definitely. With Jude Bellingham, you can see there's Jude Bellingham. He has no attachments to that club. Yeah. Whereas, um, um, Jaden Sancho, a guy who, who spent the majority of his life living in Manchester as well, you would have seen why that move made sense. Yeah. Uh, what other team is there that you saw uh, in Europe? Believe. Oh, uh, we have a uh, West Ham. Um, so that's a big matchup for the round of sixteen. I think would be yeah. the West Ham Sevilla matchup. Um, obviously, I don't know if Marshall would be back for that because he is injured right now, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but do you think West Ham can win the Europa League? I think they're the only English team left in it. I believe so. Um, so do you think that they they should be like one of the favorites, or do you think that that they'll disappoint? Um, I don't think they'll disappoint because I think them getting to this point is actually quite quite impressive right now because that's a team that I didn't expect to be in the Europa League um, anytime soon. If if it was a couple of years back, but um, I don't think they'll win it. I think I think it depends because. Like United, whether United fans think it or not, like United players or United in general just think, like, let's have a go at the Champions League. I think the same thing is going to be looking at West Ham in that they're in some sort of top four race. They're, 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 they're peeling away from it um, every week, but they're also in the Europa League and they're going to fancy themselves. Um, Sevilla are the Europa League team. Like, if you're talking about Europa League, Sevilla is the team you think of. So it's going to be a very tricky tie. Um, but they've got good players like Declan Rice. As much as as much as we all think he's not a hundred million pound player, and he is not a hundred million pound player, um, he is a quality player. They've yeah. also got players like um, Suchek and Jared Bowen as well, who is impressive, like really good. And if Antonio can 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 kick into action, West Ham will be West Ham will be a fair team in the Europa League. They're like a really um, well structured team under David Moyes. Yeah, I mean, I've I've made kind of my assumption that Barcelona will win it because I think I think they're the best team in the competition by far. Yeah. Um. So and they're Barcelona. I would expect them to like kind of like kind of like Man United that for, like that under Jose 
that year that we won the Europa League, we're kind of like we're too big for this competition. Yep. They have a manager that's like won UCLs before, so mm-hmm. I think Barcelona will kind of feel the same way, kind of angry that they were even in this competition in the first place. So I think they'll kick on and eventually just um, succeed. And they kicked out one of the best teams in Napoli and left in the competition already. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, to wrap it up, uh, over back to domestic, um, the Premier League. Um, today, Man United played Watford in one of the worst. Not, not one of the worst. One of the most frustrating games I've had a, you know, as a United. Nah, the worst. Life. The worst. One of the worst games. One of the worst games for sure. Oh uh, yeah, it wasn't wor- like worse. Like I've seen us play worse. Oh, uh, performance-wise, it wasn't. I think but the performance was what for the result that the game ended in. I think it's one of the worst because I yeah, genuinely think when you're playing a team as bad as Watford, because Watford are terrible. They are terrible. I don't care what anyone says. They are a very terrible side. When you play the way, you know, when you're playing a team like that, you have to be at three points. And as you're about to say, drawing is not is not what United need right now. Yeah, yeah especially considering how our, what our run in March looks like. List, uh, Man, Man City, uh, Spurs, Liverpool. Um, I, honestly, I don't know what's gonna happen. But yeah, today, all frustrating. I'm gonna focus on two players specifically: the Portuguese guys. Go ahead. Nah, man, you see this Bruno guy? Nah, man. I, be, I was arguing yesterday from 8 a.m. here. Yeah. Some guy said, "Would you swap Bernardo Silva for Bruno?" I'm like, "Yeah, obviously I would swap." Bruno for Bernardo Silva. It's, it's a no doubter. And this guy's like, oh, but you have to replace his GA. I'm like, I don't care about his GA. Bernardo Silva is one of the you see, you see what that Go was ahead. going around in recent last week where people are going, um don't care what you say about Bruno. He's got this many goals and this many incidents, and Bernardo Silva's got this. And I'm almost like people go eye test or watch the game with your eyes. And I'm always like, you don't even have to watch the game. I'll show you 10 seconds of Bernardo Silva and 10 seconds of Bruno Fernandez. You can decide which one is a better player. It's it it is it, it's, it's 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 day and night the comparisons between them and how they play. Listen, no disrespect to Bruno because when Manchester United were last season, it was majority of it was down to Bruno because these goals and assists were carrying. Um, but this season, it's almost like I don't know if it's a, if he slowed down, um, but he is really like took in the back foot, and I think. You're about to say the second Portuguese player, um, Cristiano Ronaldo, has really, really um, had an effect on this team. Um, people have been saying he's a problem or he's he's a problem. I think he is part of a, he is a problem, just like twenty other players are. But I think the 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 what the, the problem that Ronaldo is he's probably a bigger problem than any of them players are because of the type of player he is and what he is. But yeah. Yeah, just to wrap up on Bruno. With Bruno, like I respect him as a player. Like I'm not like I'm not gonna say he's like shit. Like he's he's got he's got ability. He's got attributes that you want. But like his attributes, like you said, they they can lead us only so far, which is a top four mm-hmm. spot. Mm-hmm. But we're Manchester United. I'm still in the belief that we need to be one of the best. We're one of the biggest clubs in the world. I, I want title. I grew up on four titles. I want more. Once you tasted that success, you want more of it. That's how it is in life. And Bruno cannot. I said this yesterday on uh, some other one I was recording. I said this guy cannot win this league title. I will stand by that till the end of time that he will not win this league title right. unless maybe he's like the last name on the bench. Maybe that's when he'll lead us to the title. But as a catalyst, I don't think he can do it. Even a Pogba might not even be good enough to lead. To the I agree. The and I was gonna. I was just about to say, obviously the Portuguese players, they, they are they are taking a lot of heat right now. But I feel there's certain players in that team. I love Pogba. Pogba's my favorite player in United yeah. squad, but. Paul Pogba and his inconsistencies have to be have to be like this summer. Of course, he will leave. He will. He he is running out his contract. If Manchester United offer him a contract, 
is again why what on what grounds does he deserve a contract the the the, the contract worth that he's gonna get which is reportedly 500k a week it's almost like Manchester United have to stop prioritizing players' brands and stop prioritizing players' abilities and, and potential and, and, and consistencies and performances and start looking at, like, you're going to get onto Ronaldo now. Ronaldo was such an emotional signing. Like, it was based off emotion. No thinking at all. Like, no thinking at all. And it's almost like we're building a team that lacks any understanding at all, at all. Yeah, like on the Pogba, I uh, with Pogba contract, I've been flip flopping like for months now. I'm like, because he'll have this one performance. I'm like, yo, give this guy whatever he wants because he's like, mm-hmm. he's so talented. Like, the, the talent is so there. Agreed, agreed. And then, like, let's say the Leeds and the Leeds and Atletico game are a perfect example. Against Leeds, he was phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah. And then against Atletico, he was horrible. Mm-hmm. So, like, at this point, I've kind of gone, I've kind of made my decision. I'm like, yo, let this guy leave. Let's just rebuild yeah. the midfield. Just, just was, the pie, the pie. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a marriage that didn't work out. And, it's, there's no problem about getting divorced. You know what I mean? Like just let yeah. it, let 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 both be free. Pogba, you go. United, you 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 let him go. Almost like that. Yeah, it's just, it was just the right player, wrong time situation. We bought exactly. him at our exactly. worst time, the worst United since the '80s, and we never built around him like we should have. And that's, that's I blame the board more than I blame Pogba. It just didn't happen. Agreed. But moving on to that 37-year-old striker, let me tell you something. I'll tell you about what happened since August. All right, so August, Messi were about to sign him. He's the guy that made me fall in love with Man United as a seven-year-old boy. Yep. So I was sad. To see, I didn't want him to go Man City because that's my rival. He's my goal. I'm like, I don't want to see him. But right now, if I, uh, hindsight is 2020. If I could redo that day, I would let him go Man City because this guy, he's a disgrace, man. This guy has no first touch. He can't do anything. He can't run. His legs are not responding with his brain. Today was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, come on, bro. This guy scored 800, I think 803 career goals, and he can't, he scored one goal in the last two months. I'm like, it's ridiculous. And he can't press because he has no legs, and he never pressed in the first place. But now you got into the point where, like, yeah, you don't allow a player to press if you know they'll get you like 40 goals, which he did in 2008. But now he can't press, but he also can't score. So what does he offer you in the end? I, I agree with you, Michael, man. I agree. Like, I, everything you said, when he was about to go to Man City, that day was that day was cinematic, man. It was almost like, oh, he's gonna go. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna ruin his entire United legacy. Two hours later, Borussia Romano is telling us, oh, he's off to United and Salix and Real Colic. Like Ronaldo, like like I just said, it was emotional. Everything about it was emotional. There was no thinking about him. And I think I think one thing I seen I seen one tweet um the day after we signed Ronaldo. A tweet from a Man City fan, in fact, that said, um, I never wanted Ronaldo. I've I never wanted Ronaldo because I know if we got Ronaldo, it wouldn't have ended well as we wanted to. It's almost like we got Ronaldo in spite of Man City. Mm-hmm. And we weren't thinking about like we weren't thinking about what Ronaldo would have actually brought. Obviously, goal score, eight hundred goals, whatever, like the greatest goal score on to ever play the game, in my opinion. But He's 37. He was 36. He's 37 now. This guy isn't going to give you much, if anything. And as we've seen with players like Ibra Hivimic, who know their limitations and know where they want. Ibra's never coming back to the Prem. Ibra would never come to the Prem. He would never go to a league like the Bundesliga where he's so fast-paced because he knows if he went to them league, he's, bro, he's he getting cooked. Like, he's not doing anything. So, Ibra in, like, a league like the Serie A knows where, where there's a little bit more time, where there's a little bit more control the tempo's a little bit slower 
he can play to the game he wants to play. And I think with Ronaldo, we're talking about awareness. I'm not saying Ronaldo lacks awareness, but I think Ronaldo needs to just needs to just almost kind of bring himself down and understand you're 37. Like you're not as good as you used to be. Like sporting are there in, Port- in Portugal. Like bring up bring up your friends like Ruben Amiron and and, and, and arrange a transfer. And just go there and enjoy the rest of your life. Enjoy your family. Enjoy enjoy the beautiful game and just and just retire. Yeah, the stuff. I mean, this guy came out a couple of days ago. It's like, oh, I'm I'm yeah. I'm aware that my age is coming. You're clearly not aware because you say you could play four to four or more five four years. Five you're not years, playing yeah. four to you're not playing four to five years anymore. Maybe you can in Portugal, but you're not doing it in the Prem at least, and you're not doing it for my club because I will not I will not allow <laughs> myself to watch. Bro, yo, it's like I'm I'm watching my goat deteriorate before my eyes, and I hate it. I hate it I know, so it's much sad. because it's like it's sad, it's sad, it's sad. Bro, it's like, and I'm I like, think I'm, I wish he never wanted to leave Juventus. I'm like, why, yo, why did Juventus I, want him to leave? I think you were like you were saying Juventus. I think the funny thing about that is, I think, um, when Messi went to PSG, when Messi went to PSG for Barcelona, I think a lot of Barcelona fans were sad, but I think. The certain Barcelona fans who were smart were almost kind of going. We just seen Messi's left. Messi might come back to Barcelona. Um, he might one day. But for now, Barcelona fans can say that when Messi left, we see Messi at a, at a different level. That was a Ballon d'Or level. Yeah. For Manchester United, Man United fans are going to see Ronaldo, whether he leaves this season or next season, we're going to see Ronaldo leave as not even the best Portuguese player in his own team. And that's sad. That is just sad. For he might not even be top two. He might not even be. I think Dallas better than him as well. He, exactly, and that and that's a sad thing because I think Ronaldo will always be remembered as a United legend. He'll be he'll yeah. be United's golden golden child, whatever you want to call it. But this this part of his legacy is not the way he wanted it to end. Not the way we wanted it all to end. And unfortunately, as the season goes on, as the like there was a clip there in the game. Where he was just onto his knees and he was just almost like I think he was he came to the realization. Oh He's God, realizing it slowly by slowly, slowly yeah. by slowly. He is like I remember the Southampton game, like the TikTok I've seen of like him just staring in the rain. Yeah, yeah, like that. He is coming to a realization. That's why I think he should. Whatever happens with the top four racing UCL, I think he should just bounce after this year. Just like obviously, the dream was that he comes back. He brings some type of like big trophy back to United. He's like the savior again. That's big for Which everyone. Which was funny. Which was funny because I never, when he came back, I never even thought. When he came, I was like, he's coming back and he said he wants to win. I'm like, what are you winning? The Carabao Cup? Like, yeah, why are you not I'm winning anything? This guy thought he was coming back in, in 2009 still. Exactly, Fergie's still yeah. chilling, drinking his espresso. Rio Ferdinand's in the locker room doing those advertisements. Rooney's still on that pitch running around like a bulldog. That's not what happened. You came back, you look at that team. You have Maguire as your captain. No offense to him, but he's not a captain. You don't have anyone on that team that's leadership. Obviously, the thing I think I said it, I tweeted it yesterday. His mentality will be his downfall, and his mentality that he's still the best player in the world. Obviously, everyone around him still tells him that clearly because no one else is telling I, him that he's I, washed. Exactly, yes. Maybe Georgina needs to tell him that he's washed or something. I don't know, man. You got twins on the way in five months coming. Go be a family, man. Exactly. You've done your stuff in football, and and this is this is almost like where it's it's more than just football now. Ronaldo's got to start thinking about himself as a man. You're 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 thirty seven. You're yeah, thirty-seven in 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 society is not old, but in football, you're viewed as an old man. You're viewed as a guy who's 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 taking on now. It's almost like just just not retire, but almost kind of start to think about how you're going to retire 
and how you're going to finish football. But also, start start focusing on your family because I see some. This made me laugh. Someone said Ronaldo's not going home to to take care of his take of his kids. He's going home to go in the ice bath, yeah, and Pretty take care of his muscles. And that's sad because that's what he's going to do. But yeah, man, Ronaldo. It's almost like it, it's something that we tried it. It didn't work. It, it happens. Yeah, it's a nostalgia thing. Obviously, like obviously, when you see Ronaldo's available, you want to bring him in. Obviously, like it's still Ronaldo, but like, like if you compare, like because a similar age, like LeBron James in the NBA, for example. Yes. Like, he's still at his best at thirty-seven, but but one thing that's still pushing him on, obviously, or in the scoring record, is his son will play with him in like three years. Now, if Ronaldo Jr. was like 15, 16 and ready to break through, like in the first team or something, I'd be like, okay, you want to play with your son, but your son's still eleven or twelve, whatever age. So that's not gonna yeah, happen. Yeah, twelve. Yeah. Yeah, so that's not going to happen for another five years. You don't got five years left in because you'll be 42, and no football at 42 is good. I don't care. Unless no, you're playing maybe in Japan. We've seen that United with our own two eyes. When you're seeing Ryan Giggs try to kick yeah. at 40, it's, it's not good. So, yeah, the time is up, man. It's just like, obviously, I, I like, hate that it's I, happened. Wait, sorry, sorry. I like the LeBron James comparison because I, I genuinely think Manchester United are very like the Lakers. When that I look at it, shit. I almost go... Ronaldo's LeBron James, Bruno's Russell Westbrook, United oh as an organization God, is is like the Lakers. Anthony Davis, you could probably say like Paul Pogba, always injured, could be what he could be, and and all the little and all the players around him, all the players at the Lakers are at the Lakers because not because they're good enough for the Lakers, but because it's the Lakers. It's almost like we're we're here, you know what I mean? And that's what we're seeing at United. Um, but yeah, I just I just think with United is it, it it's sad. It's sad as a United fan. It's very sad. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, to end this, to end this. Uh, so top four, obviously. I at this point, I'm like, it's gone. It's Arsenal's to lose. They look good, unfortunately, which I hate to see. Mikel Arteta. I was wrong about him. I said he should have been sacked in September. We all obviously said it, yeah. He changed it around. Fair enough to him. They got a good balance of youth and experience. Um. So are you are you conceding the top four race like me? I'm not conceding because I'm very I'm an optimist, man. I I, 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 I'm a pessimist to my death. I agree with you. I think it's very hard to look past Arsenal right now. They look too good to not be getting tough today. You know the one thing about Arsenal is they look like a team. They just look like a team. They look like a guy. They look like a a, a eleven players on that pitch and know what they need to do and they know how to do it. And unfortunately for United, that's not the case. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, when I look at our strikers, compare them. You have Lacazette, who I still I don't rate at all. This guy can't score a goal either. Just like Ronaldo, but at least Lacazette offers you something, like mm-hmm. link up play and stuff like that. Ronaldo offers us nothing. Um, so I put this. Uh, I, I think I wrote the article about a month ago. Would you rather? Obviously, if we don't get top four, would you rather finish in the Europa slash Conference League spots or finish eighth and just do once a week football next year? I think, I think, I think, I think it's just eight, man. Honestly. As we see with Arsenal, when you're not in Europe, when you're not focusing on external competitions, um, you, you just you're able to focus on one goal. And you know the one thing: if we finish eighth, I'm telling you now, at least eight eight of the players there are leaving without Thank no God. doubt. They're leaving. They're leaving. Thank and God. I think that's I think that's the best case scenario for Man United to to just let the players that that aren't good enough, to let the players that aren't here for that journey to just go. And if we finish, if we finish in the Europa League, it's funny enough because if we finish in the Europa League, I don't think it's going to be that bad. But if we finish eighth, I think it, it, it is. I think it's going to be a real, real cultural change at that football club. 
That's exactly what we need. I need a lot of these players to go. Just goodbye. I mean, right now when I look when I when I generally look at our squad, it's like I don't think I can even name five players I want to keep, which is sad to think about. When you're when you had a team that's that was expected to compete for the title. I never thought we were gonna win the title. That was that's blasphemous. People trying to put those super team allegations on us in the summer were bugging. I don't know what kind of super team they thought could win a, a premiership with McTominay in the midfield. It was it was it was the, the Newcastle game with the people going, Oh, we've got a super team now. Though honestly, that Leeds game did gas me up a little bit. Pub before it says Bruno three yeah, goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as we see with Leeds, that's the worst team I've ever seen in my life. So <laughs> yeah, with United, I got I agree with you, like the eighth spot. Um and next year I'm ready to write off next season, like in terms of like competing agreed, for anything. Agreed. I think I think next season has to be a write off for any any manager, any scenario. I think next season has to be a write off. Like maybe we could finesse like a, a league cup or something. You never no, know. We're not you know the thing but is, we can't like, do that. We're not we're not finessing we're not finessing any league cup because you know the one thing I think the finesse juice is gone. It left with Oli. I think the finesse juice is true. Left. Well, I, no, I've seen yo, honestly, these players are not nah, I hate you know, this is why I hate these players. Under Oli, like obviously like like history will I don't know what history will say about him, but I've seen these players score like the greatest goals of all time under Ole. Yeah. And now they can't even put in a simple one yard shot. And I think I'm that's like, I think that's what we've seen at the Watford game. That's what we've seen at the Watford game. The the big chances being missed were ludicrous. Honestly, they were ludicrous. I'm like, yo, Bruno, you can score 40 yard bangers hitting them top bins against Newcastle, but you can't score one on one against Ben Foster. We've seen Bruno score good, good goals. I'm like, bro, what is going on here? I'm like, you clearly don't like Ralph. No, nah, no, nah, they're having it out for Ralph because this guy's coaching 7-0 wins and these exactly, players don't want to win them. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, United can make me rant for another two hours because this club, I, I could talk about this team every day and it's not a good <laughs> thing. But yeah, to wrap it up. So you, to wrap up on the top four, do you think, so right now you're saying Arsenal? Yeah, I think Arsenal, I can't look past Arsenal. I think Tottenham will also be will also be up there. But with Antonio Conte's mood, mood swings, man, you never <laughs> know a pregnant that woman. guy. This guy's like a pregnant woman. He's got PM. He's, he's bipolar. He's got bipolar issues. No offense to him. But one day he's happy. The next day he's sad. Exactly. Um, oh, and one number thing. Uh, speaking of like number nines, uh, I think there was a report yesterday from Build, who I don't rate that much as a source, but they did say that Harry Kane, uh, potentially might be the favorite for that striker position for United, with Erling Haaland looking to go to like Man City, for example. So would you take Harry Kane in the summer, or like depending on the price? Hmm. I think I'm gonna be I'm gonna be I'm gonna be straight with you. I'm not taking Harry Kane. And you see what you see what I've actually caught in group chats, I've caught a lot of flack for saying that because I've I've, I've why are you not taking Harry Kane all his best and I've said before, if we get Harry Kane, we're not seeing the Harry Kane we're seeing today at Man United. We're not. We're seeing the Harry Kane who's gonna get a few injuries, he's in his twenty nine, and it's almost gonna be like not a Harry Maguire signing, but almost kind of looked at that in that you could have got someone else. I love Harry Kane. I I, I wrote I, I wrote a thread on, on on why Harry Kane, like money, like Karim Benzema, many strikers are just they're they're re, we're rejuvenating the game and they're adding that creativity that strikers weren't known for into that game. And as we've seen today against Leeds, Harry Kane is just a phenomenal footballer. But I feel like if Manchester United got him in, um, it will be a deal that will be in the long term we regret. Yeah, I kind of said it like this. If we were like ready to compete for a title, I'd I'd sign final him piece. and kind of call, yeah. label him like the RVP signing, for example, yeah. just that final piece. But obviously, we're not we're nowhere near the title, so Agreed. obviously, and I'm sure he wants to compete for titles because he needs Agreed. to yeah. he needs to cement his legacy somewhat, and he needs a, and he needs a trophy. So obviously, he needs to go. And for the final thing on number nine, what do you what what kind of number nine do you prefer? Do you want like those like number nines that you wrote about, like those 
like half tens, half nines, or do you yeah. want like a box striker, like a Holland slash Vlahovic? I, I honestly, when Vlahovic was on the market, I wanted him, but from what I'm seeing, the game it, it really just depends on who I manage. It depends how we want to go. Um, if we get ten hard, ten hard likes his, he likes to pivot around that striker. Um, like we've seen with Seb Haller, that kind of box nine, but honestly. I'm looking at the strikers, the striker market now. I'm looking at Jonathan David, Darwin Nunez, like you said. I'm looking at strikers like that who can offer a little bit more. And I'm really liking them strikers. And I think Manchester United have got to be looking at strikers who can offer more than just goals. Because as we've seen in this modern game, it's more than just goals. Yeah, I agree. Obviously, the dream was going to be redacted, but obviously not going to happen. So, obviously, his ideal replacement. Uh, the one pair I'm looking at right now is uh, Guidi from uh, Nice. That's one mm-hmm. player I'm looking at. Yeah. He's top, somewhere, top I think he's like, top, like top 30, player. 40 mil. I know scams are like on Twitter, like rates him. I, I've seen a couple of tape on him. And obviously in the academy, what I'm looking at, we don't have any strikers coming through. This no. McNeil kid. We've got, but... we've got McNeil and uh, Hugo. But obviously you probably know more about the academy name because I don't really pay attention to the academy like that. Um, because I do think with the academy, um, people gas up a lot of players really highly. But we never get to see these players like Tihish Chong and Ingo Gomi. That that's when I almost kind of fell out in love with the academy. But um, but like you said, uh, we've got in the academy, we don't really have strikers coming out that oh, going. Obviously, let's not mention his name, number eleven. But we don't have strikers like that anymore coming out, and then we're just going, yeah, they're superstars. So I think Man United will have to go and invest in a, a young striker like Ralph Ragnick said anyway. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's pretty much it. We covered pretty much everything. Oh, do you want to plug your socials? Yeah, on Twitter, Rafael Adeluba um, zero, um, and yeah, just I've got a few, I've got a few articles coming out, and yeah, nothing much but that. But I'm just very happy. I'm very happy to be on, man. It was a great episode, and I yeah. enjoyed being on, Michael. We'll definitely collab more in the future. I mean, we have Definitely. similar mindsets, and you seem like someone that you watch a lot of football, obviously, because you, you write a lot, so you watch a lot of the league. So yeah. this kind of channel, I'm trying to take it to like. I know I like I like to talk about United a lot, but I also want to like bring on other leagues like you see. So you're someone that I know very like I know a lot of United fans, but you're also someone that I know that watch a lot of other leagues. So obviously I'll try yeah. to bring you more on the show. Agreed. Uh, for my socials, just the link my name below at Michael underscore Gix26. The pod follow that at Huego Pod. Uh, the United Journal follow that. I think my article on Rashford will come out today. I tried my best to not slander him in the article. I tried to stay as professional as I could. I had a lot of people in my group chat trying to say. Yo, slander him saying I'm like, yo, I don't slander people more. Yeah, yeah. Rashford, I, mean, being like I, feel, I feel Rashford. Um, I love Rashford, man. I love Rashford as a person, but yeah, let's let's not get into it. Let's not get into it. Let's not yeah, but yeah. Like, but you know, like you know, like me, like you don't try to like slander pe- players in your no. article. You try to like you try to say no, as fair as I don't, possible. I don't I don't like slandering any footballers. You know me, I don't yeah. I don't like slandering anyone. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll leave the slander for my Twitter, not for my articles. I I'm trying to get I'm trying to get a job in writing. I'm not trying to burn any bridges before I even get there. But yeah, follow the United Journal, um, and yeah, just follow the plays on the YouTube at which is just Juego Bonito Pod. Um, I got an episode coming out tomorrow. I'm gonna do a Premier League draft with some other friends. That would be interesting. Let's that test people good, knowledge. Man. Let's test people good. knowledge because I I'm making it hard for them. I'm only letting them pick one player from each team, so it's gonna be difficult. Let's see how they feel about the Norwich Newcastle players. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anyone sees, but I'm stealing, I'm stealing Bruno Guimara's first pick. I'm, I'm not, I'm not Listen, letting him fall. All I'm going to say is, all I'm going to say is, um, yeah, you got to be looking at them, Bruno Guimara's picks, them, 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 um, 
who who else is kicking about? You know, then Cucurella. picks. Cucurella. I'm stealing Cucurella too. That's my left there back. There we go. Bro, I'm trying to steal them. Bro, I'm so mad at United for not signing Bruno G. Nah. Bro, I try to speak it into existence on Twitter every day. Like you see me, I was like, "Yo, sign Bruno yeah. G, sign Bruno G." I would, I'm like, I would go into Twitter and I'll be seeing your, I'll be seeing your tweets about Bruno G, and I'll be like, I'll be like, "Listen, we're all thinking it. They're not though. They're not thinking it." So this club, this club needs to follow me on Twitter. Maybe they'll see. I got well, we our fan base has like so many good players in mind for us to sign, but obviously the United list, like to listen to the top res instead of us, so mm-hmm. we're left in the minority. But yeah, uh, thank you for everyone that tuned in. Big up Raf for coming on as yeah. well. Um, and yeah, check out the, well, I'll tweet it out when I go live tomorrow. This episode will be out on all platforms later. I got to edit it and put it on podcast, like for spot audio and visual. And yeah, thank you for everyone that tuned in and peace. Peace.